Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone. This is the Spotlight on Speaking Show, and I am your host, Britt Ridgewell. I want to welcome you to another episode where each week I will talk with an industry insider to get some background on their speaking journey, how they got into the business, ask them to share some of their key tips for success that they've used along the way, as well as ask them to bear their soul a little bit and, and share some mistakes they made along the way that they would highly encourage aspiring speakers not to make. So I'm particularly excited about this week's guest because this person actually holds a special place in my heart because a few years ago, I launched a book called Mistakes Authors Make, and this guest generously wrote the foreword for this book as well as helped us out when we launched it, and, and we did drive it to a number one Amazon bestseller, and I thank him so much for that. So usually when I get into these you know episodes, I ask the guest to send me an intro. And he said, well, just go to my website and pick out whatever you want. And I got there, and, and and the breadth and width of this gentleman's expertise is so vast. It's like, I don't even know what to pick exactly. So I picked a couple of things to start with here. So my guest today is Joe Calm. And Joe, in the keynote speaker section of his, his bio, as a public and motivational speaker, Joe speaks on a variety of business and entrepreneurial topics. He presents a step-by-step playbook on how to use social media as a leveraging tool to expand the reach of your brand increase your customer base, and create fierce brand loyalty for your business. Joe is also able to speak with authority on the various ways to harness the marketing power of mobile applications to explode profits. He offers an inspiring yet down-to-earth call to action for those who dream of obtaining growth and financial success. As someone who went from having only 87 cents in his bank account to creating multiple successful businesses, Joe is uniquely poised to instruct and inspire when it comes to using the various forms of new media as avenues towards the greater goal of business success. And then I couldn't also pass up his author section of his bio because it, it's equally impressive. So what's Joe it say? A, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear. I don't remember. Right, what's so, there. Yeah, You probably wrote this years ago, didn't you, man? Years so, ago. Yeah. Joe is a New York times bestselling author of 15 books. I mean, I feel like such an underachiever. I've only, That's written, true. I've only written, I've only written eight, Joe, uh, including the AdSense code, Click here to order stories from the world's most successful entrepreneurs, Kaching, how to run an online business that pays, and pays, and Twitter Power 3.0. He's a contributor to Forbes, entrepreneur, and social media examiner, and his work has appeared in the New York Times, on John Stewart's The Daily Show, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and many other places. Joe Calm, welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking show, my friend. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, that's it's it's interesting to hear 
you know, what I was focused on at, at um, you know, the time when I wrote these, these bios. Well, you've been at this game for quite a while, obviously, and, and yeah. succeeded in many different venues. I remember your fart app well and other things that you've done. <laughs> Uh, but you know, speaking has been a, a key part of you building your, your base and your followers and all that stuff. Cause I know we crossed paths at author 101 university before and author mm-hmm. you out in Colorado and probably a number of other events. I'm certainly probably some of the big seminars along the way and all that. Yeah. And so, you know, what prompted you to get into the speaking business? How far back are we going? What kind of topics did you speak on initially? And then got some other questions, but let's start with that. You know, what's really funny is I never wanted to be a public speaker, but the, um, the, the degree that I ended up getting in college from University of Illinois is a speech communications degree. And it wasn't because I wanted to be a speaker. It was because I needed to do something to get my liberal arts degree. I wasn't in college so much to learn as to, you know, social and, and party and have a good time. And I, I excelled at that. I barely graduated though. And I remember being terrified to speak. I'm talking mortified, ossified. I mean, I, I would not be able to sleep the night before, even with note cards in my hand. So I never aspired to be a public speaker. And uh, it wasn't until 2004, I want to say, that the first AdSense code came out and I got invited to go to internet marketing events to speak on the topic of my book, how I you know, started making $500 plus a day in passive income with Google AdSense. Uh, now, I'm one of those people that I believe before you write a book or before you speak on a topic, you need to have mastered it first. Uh, there's a lot of people that will write about things they've learned from others, um, kind of a hearsay book. I, I'm like, I don't write or speak about anything until I've done it because it's from that place of experience that I think you get authority. And so from this place of experience, I wrote this ebook. The ebook sold incredibly well. The second edition sold incredibly well. And people started saying, hey, would you come to our conference? and teach people how to make money with AdSense. And it turns out that teaching and speaking together, um, uh, along with inspiring people to, to make them feel that they can accomplish some great things, uh, is really where my gifts lie. And so once I you know, got a taste of it, I was still nervous to get up and speak. Um, it took me a while to really feel at home with public speaking, but that's, that's how it all got started. You know, I, I had forgotten, Joel, that, you know, that, that was probably your first speaking engagement. It was a Michael Penland event down in Orlando. and It you, was one of them. It was one of them. The The, the first one was uh, Robert Putty's okay. Focus for the Future event in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, our, our, our mate Robert Putty from across the pond. And I remember uh, so clearly he had me speaking with Mike Filsame, um, Gary Ambrose, and Craig Perrine. Those were the other speakers. And so that we've always got this, you know, um, this camaraderie because I remember going to those guys and saying, this is my first time. I'm nervous. There was probably 25 people in the room. And after my talk, they're like, you're just BSing us. That was not your first time. Cause that's, you know, look, I fail at a lot of different things. You know, I, I can't carry a tune that well. I can't dance. I can't paint. Uh, you know, I can't do engineering, math and science or not my, but the one thing I do really well is speak. And it was, it, it's where I discovered this, this natural gift, but I remember Penland's event in Florida. That was definitely one of the first ones. 
Well, the reason I remember it so well is because I was managing the back sales table at that event. And you, part of your speech was this giant jar of pennies, <laughs> dropping pennies in the jar one at a time or whatever. And I had to figure out what to do after that with this damn 50-pound <laughs> jug of pennies or whatever it was. You weren't alone. I, <laughs> I, um, I did that talk probably... 30 or 40 times. And I always had the, um, the conference producer prepare because I'm, you know, I'm a big uh, believer in visual aids. You know, if you're going to tell stories, show people something engaging that helps them make the connection. And, and when I came up with this idea of the AdSense tip jar, um, the idea is that every few seconds, a few pennies are going into my tip jar. And that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I would ask the audience then, would you like to see what that looks like over the course of an hour? And of course they'd say, yeah. And I would pull out this bucket from underneath the table and fill that bowl and the pennies would overflow. And, and then they, okay, this adds up. This is real passive income that uh, continues 24 seven. So I like to say there are three main types of speakers in my mind. Number one is a keynote speaker who is paid a fee to go out and speak to a corporation or an association. Secondly is the platform seller, which we both know that world very well. Mm-hmm. And the third is a person who just uses speaking as a, a marketing tool to make, you know, brand awareness of their main product or service. They're not necessarily directly selling from the stage, but they're up there to share content and build credibility and all that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm guessing you have experience in all three worlds, but uh, you know, which, which worlds have you played in and which one do you prefer and why? Uh, you know, I think, yes, I definitely have played in all three worlds. I don't really, I'm not a big fan of pitch fests. I never have been, um, not because I don't think that speakers, you know, shouldn't make money um, and sell their projects. But unfortunately, a lot of pitch fests, you end up with some people that are just hired guns just to get people hyped up on the lifestyle. You know, sometimes I would speak at T. Harv Eckers events or Tony Robbins events, and they're, they're fine. But other speakers alongside me, some of them would just be selling the dream, you know, the fast car, the big house, you know, beautiful women and not really teaching people. And for me, it's always been about content first, give people content so that wherever it is I'm speaking, if they don't buy a single thing from me, they are equipped to go and do something with what I taught them. And that's important to me. And that same value system um, is not universal. And so eventually I, I stopped speaking at those types of events because I wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't hurting my credibility at all. Uh, But I really enjoy getting on stage and speaking about my latest findings and whatever it is I'm into. Uh, Last year was really a a banner year for me because um, I had two major things that I checked off my bucket list. One of them was I've been going to social media marketing world in uh, San Diego every year for, I think, seven years now. They've been doing it for eight years and it's the biggest social media marketing event. And having been in the social space, every year I've spoken there, I've brought a different topic, whether it was live video marketing or Twitter or blockchain. Well, I finally got to do the closing keynote last year. And so that was a lot of fun. And I also got to go to NFT NYC, which is the world's largest NFT conference, thousands of people in New York City in April. And along with my co-host, Travis Wright, uh, for the Bad Crypto Podcast, we got to speak at Radio City Music Hall on that big stage looking out. It's just, it was just such an amazing experience. And so uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, what do I do next? You 
know, once you check off some of these big things off your bucket list, where do I speak now? Well, you have to add a couple of new things to that list then, won't you? Yeah, I'm sure they'll come my way <laughs> one way or another. So you've obviously had great success in the industry and in using speaking as a tool. So what would you say maybe your two or three biggest keys to success to making you a successful speaker have been, Joel? Um, the first one I already mentioned, that is mastering whatever the discipline is, is that you're telling people about. You have to be thoroughly immersed um, in what you're doing to be able to have the credibility to share with others, whether it's to teach them, to inspire them, to motivate them, to equip them in any way. You have to have the proof. You know, our friend Jeff Walker once said, no proof, no launch. Same thing for a talk. If you don't have the proof um, that you are able to you do and that you have done what you're sharing with people, then you shouldn't be up there. Uh, the second thing is that if you'll remember, I was terrified to speak. And it wasn't until uh, in my mind, I realized that me speaking was not about me. I got out of my own head and was able to deliver content without anxiety. Uh, you know, we think, oh, I'm on stage. I'm the star. I've got things to say. People are here to see me and, and the knowledge and wisdom. I'm going to amaze them. And, and that's really the wrong approach. The, I believe the right approach is to go, okay, I'm here to serve today. Uh, I have something that these people want to hear, that they want to learn, that they there's people out here that need to hear this, and it's about them. So when I get out of my own head and my nerves and my anxiety and realize I have no business being nervous, this is not about me, they're here. All these people are here to derive value from the precious time that I've been given on stage. And so it is my role to make sure I'm doing it for them. And uh, that was transformative for me as a speaker um, because of that approach and because of the number of times I've done this now, uh, I was able to walk on, you know, even Radio City Music Hall, like it was my own living room. Uh, it just, it, it, it just feels comfortable now because I'm here to, uh, to serve people and bring value. Sure. Do you have a number three? Uh, a number three. Um, no, not off the top of my head, but I might come up with one. Okay. Well, it's funny you mentioned Jeff Walker because I actually just interviewed Jeff a couple of days ago. So, you know, it's, it's great when I'm watching this podcast to reconnect with all the folks like you that I've known over the years, you know, and cross paths with many times in advance. Yeah. So I do have a, I do have a couple more questions I want to ask you, Joe, but before sure. we do, let's take a quick break with a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show with my guest, Joe Calm. And Joe, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, open up a little bit, bury your soul, so to speak, and share maybe a couple of mistakes that you made along the way that you would highly encourage aspiring speakers not to make. Um, sure. One of them is um, taking any gig. 
you know, just you don't want to be desperate. You want to make sure it's a good fit for you. And sometimes out of the, the desire to speak, some people will tell you, take everything you can. Um, there's some people out there that might not be a good fit for you. And there's, you know, your credibility really matters. Um, there's some events that you might not want to be tied to. And so I would be particular um, about, you know, what you're doing. There was one promoter in particular in the, um, uh, the 2000s that had been putting on national, maybe international arena size events where they would bring in a former president or, uh, you know, other celebrities, and then they would uh, do them as the bookends and, and do a pitch fest in between. And uh, these people, you typically, when you go and you speak at a, a sales from the back of the room, it's a 50, 50 thing. Speakers are taking a risk by paying for their travel, their hotel, you know, and their time to be there. Producers are taking a risk that uh, they're giving up precious stage time to somebody that they hope will help the event to make money. Um, but this one particular event had a 70, 30 split. They wanted 70% of my gross sales. And this was a very desirable stage. There was people that they would do anything. You know, they would give their left ear to speak on the stage and they didn't care if they made money. And for me, that was an integrity issue. And I told them, no, I'm not. Thank you, but I'm not interested. Um, this is unreasonable and, and I'm not going to uh, gonna speak here. So uh, I think, you know, choosing, you know, where you speak wisely. The other thing, uh, other mistake people make is not charging for their talks. It's one thing to speak at a pitch fest, right? Nobody gets paid to speak at a pitch fest. You have to get up on stage and sell. But people sell themselves short when invited to speak at events. They 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 wonder, you know, am I am I? I don't want to scare them away. Uh-huh. But what I've discovered is the higher your price, the more likely you are to get the gig low price says to the promoter, well, I'm kind of low value. And if you know your stuff and you know, you're going to deliver massive value to an audience and don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Um, I've discovered in all areas of business. If I ask for what I want, I'm happy if I get it. And if they aren't willing to pay me what I'm worth, then taking less than that, I would feel some resentment or bitterness. And mostly anger towards myself for doing something I didn't want to do, for selling myself out um, at a price that was less than what I think my value is. So don't be afraid to ask for what you want and set your price according to the value that you're bringing. You know, I, I think these are both so key areas because I do think most speakers, especially newer speakers, tend to undervalue what it is they bring to the table. And I mean, yeah, maybe initially you need to you know, accept maybe some stages you wouldn't accept because you need to get that practice and comfortable and all that. But you need to start discerning pretty early in the game as to whether a stage is right for you or not. I mean, I remember telling the story frequently about uh, it was a, I think it was a Carl Galetti event, you know, 20 years ago. And he was all about getting as many big names as possible on the stage. Well, as it turned out that, you know, three of those speakers were on the subject of copywriting. Well, you know, by the time they got to the third speaker on copywriting, the audience was tuned out because they were tired of hearing about copywriting. Right. So that person's chance of selling anything was like zero. So they didn't do their homework ahead of time to find out who else was on the platform and is is that the right stage for me? And it yeah, it cost, it cost them. And I'll say this: a lot of times, you know, we're talking about promoters. A lot of times, promoters are not 
so much interested about the content as they are putting butts in seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why I'm, I'm really not a fan of conferences that put a ton of speakers on. I've spoken at them. Uh, you know, I, I won't be just a panelist on a, um, on a stage where there's five other things going on at the same time, because unfortunately uh, most people don't know how to do panels, right? Because most aren't led by people who are actually trained to moderate. I mean, we've all, we've all been there. We've all been part of a panel or in the audience for one where the moderator takes up half the time, just letting everybody introduce themselves or where you've got somebody that's completely dominating the conversation. You have to have moderators that understand what they're doing and uh, you know promoters will do these events where there is you know dozens of speakers sometimes hundreds just to get more people talking about the event but i think that that is uh, that's a sacrifice that's made for both the speakers and the audience the speakers don't really get to share the value they bring when they're one of many in this huge pool and the audience doesn't get the value um, that they, that they're coming to the event for. So, uh, and I understand that, you know, they're trying to put butts in seats and, and make money, but there's gotta be a, an in-between somewhere that serves the customer first. So I got, I got to ask you another question, Joe. So I like to say that event promoters, I don't think they're necessarily dishonest, but I think they're overly optimistic. So what's your rule of thumb when you you hear about an event, about the number of people they say they're going to have there that you expect will actually be there then? Oh, I, I always expect less. Um, and and I could usually, I could usually tell, you know, uh, when I look at their website and I can look on social and see what the buzz is around the event uh, based on, have they done this before? Um, you know, what are people saying? Who's, who's speaking? They really depend a lot on speakers to put butts in seats and it's not the speaker's job to put butts in seats. It's the promoter's job to put the butts in the seats. And I've said butts a lot, <laughs> also seats. Um, so yeah, does that answer your question? Well, I was going to, you know, I, I like to say 20 or 30% is what you typically see, but I mean, less. Are you saying 20% less uh, or 20% uh, of the total? 20% of the total. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we've both got stories of, <laughs> uh, I, I remember, and I won't mention any names cause I really like the guy, but years ago he put on a internet marketing event far away from a major city in a resort area that, and he was spent money on billboards and advertising and it was on summer vacation. And he thought he was just going to pull people in that were vacationing. Hey hon, you and the kids go to the beach there's a conference going on. I'm going to, I'm going to go learn how to make money to pay for this vacation. And it was, it was, a, it was the biggest disaster that I've ever seen. And, uh, but you know, he learned from it yeah. and rebounded it's, and that's the thing. It's okay to make mistakes uh, as long as you don't repeat them. And as long as you learn from them, it, God yeah. knows I've made my share. We were actually hired by a guy so many years ago to come out and manage the back of the room at an event in San Francisco. And he was going to have 300 people in the room. I mean, he had P. Harbecker coming in and you know, a few other well-known folks. And how many, I mean, he didn't have 15 people total. Oh, that's so hard. That's uh, it's so difficult. And there's nothing you could do at that point. It's like, all right. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, for the speaker's benefit, um, you know, this other event, there were some speakers who hadn't gotten on a plane yet and had to tell them, you know, don't come, 
Yeah. Don't come. This is not what, what you thought it was going to be, but I've spoken in front of a handful of people before. And honestly, the content is no different. The energy in the room is different, but the content is no different. And, and when I'm on stage, if I realize, Hey, they did a lousy job of putting people in the room, those people who are here, they're here to hear me and to receive value. And so I'm going to still give them my very best. And I think that's one of the signs of a professional is the show must go on. I agree. You have an obligation to deliver your top-notch content, regardless of whether there's one person sitting out in front of you, a mm-hmm. hundred or a thousand, no doubt about well, it. Well, if it's one, I'd probably say, hey, let's just go sit down and have a, a sandwich. Well, you can ask me whatever you want. You know what I'm saying. Though. <laughs> no, no. Yes, I do. All right. So, so this has been another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with my guest, Joe Calm. And Joe, if people want to get into your world, how do they do so? Uh, well, these days I am hosting two podcasts in the blockchain, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world. Uh, one of them I've been doing for five and a half years is called the Bad Crypto Podcast. Not because crypto is bad, but because we do a lot of bad dad jokes on the show and make <laughs> crypto and Bitcoin and the future of money easy to understand. The other one is called the Nifty Show, and it's all about the new Web3 world that is arriving. Uh, you know, in the Web1 world, we consumed content. We read it. In the web two world we read content but we also wrote it that's the rise of social media but in a web three world that is emerging you read it you write it and you own your content this is a huge departure from what's taken place in the internet world so far and that's what we cover on the nifty show so the nifty show.com that sounds very leading edge so any final words of wisdom for the aspiring speaker out there before we part ways today Sure. You've got value to bring whatever your area of expertise is, whatever you've mastered, your mission is to bring that to the world. So get out there and share what you know and affect lives. All right. Well, thank you so much, Joe Kahn, for joining me today on the Spotlight for Speaking show. As always, if you haven't yet been to spotlightonspeaking.com, hop on over there and register so you can be notified of, of upcoming episodes. And as always, I encourage you to go to brettridgeway.com and pick up your copy of my free special report, Three key things entrepreneurs must master to build a profitable speaking business. But as always, I wish you the greatest success in all that you do as you work to build your own profitable speaking business. Take care. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.